On today's episode of Almost Cooperstown, we're going to talk about video games uh, and the history of baseball games in general to uh, to a degree. And I noticed this morning that Jazz Chisholm will be on the cover of MLB 2023. I've never played the game, so Gordon's going to help it's, yeah, and that's a big deal because with is that MLB the show twenty three or MLB that, the show twenty three? Right, yeah, because because that's a big deal because it's really the only baseball game right now. We'll talk about that. So give a listen. Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark, and this is Gordon, and we love talking about baseball. So you uh, you know know that I I played video games very little uh, because, uh, you know, it's just something that I haven't gotten into. But in looking at baseball games over the years, I was never much of a baseball game player. Um, and maybe that's because of timing. Uh, and, and we'll talk a little bit about, you know, the few times that I played baseball games, but you have a lot more experience. So um, kind of why don't you take us through your your? Well, I mean, I view. just think it's an interesting thing to talk about, firstly, from the perspective of baseball games have been around for a long time. You know, they're one of like the longest standing sports games because we've been relatively able to recreate them. And so if you were asking, like, what is the first baseball video game that came out because i think that's the kind of an interesting where did it all get started because it actually starts a lot earlier than you would think because the first baseball video game came out in 1976 released for the fairchild channel f which was a cartridge-based video game console that was like years like early this was a baseball video game that looked nothing like actual baseball but yeah you, you what you could do because it had a little stick it had those old joystick controllers you would pull it back and then push it forward to do the speed of the pitch and then you would twist it left or right to like make it move around so you I'm know, actually it, surprised that that it's even that late uh i guess i kind of thought there might be some goofy like you know computer game you know that you know right like a now, this is the first video game, so th- right. that was the first cartridge. Now, Atari released the first kind of real, widely distributed baseball game, which was in 1978 with Home Run. And it's not really a, a-, a baseball game because there's only three players on each team, and they kind of just, like, all move together like they're, like, on foosball tracks, basically. But it was called Home Run Baseball, so it was a baseball game. I think... The big deal was the the first real baseball game that kind of came out was in 1983 with World Championship Baseball. Hold uh, on a second. Hold on a second. Oh, okay. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to show my my age a little bit. So in 1980, mm-hmm. um, Mattel came out with a system called Intellivision. Yes, and, and there was we, the intent. We had a bunch of different cartridge games. We liked the football game probably better than the baseball game, mm-hmm. but we played a lot of Intellivision baseball, um, and it was really a, a complicated game um, because it, it it came with you know all kinds of uh, you know stipulations and how the rules. But it was very well regarded, and it's funny because that's really early in the game, and I kind of enjoyed it. And I never went back to baseball video games for the most part after that. The the Intellivision was a big deal because that was actually identified as kind of the weak spot in the lineup. And so that was something that other companies like Atari released uh, major Atari Real Sports Baseball, which was supposed to be like a much more intense and better looking version. It was just 
really buggy and it didn't really work and the 20 atari 2600 was pretty old at the time and that was so, 1983 that was 83 and then later on in 83 and television released world championship baseball which was an update of their earlier lines and so right. this was now this was a little rushed because it's kind of funny because it's called world championship baseball right but if you load in the cartridge the title screen says all-star baseball oh, <laughs> so boy. They didn't quite get that right, but this was starting to where they were starting to implement more and more elements of the game. And this is where you start seeing the baseball games kind of going from like those what people would like the old, what people remember is like the old school Donkey Kong, like kind of those arcade games where they're pretty abstracted from what the game of baseball is. World Championship Baseball had you could move the fielders around, you could slide. There were fly balls and foul balls. You could steal and pick people off. There were even extra innings. This is where you started seeing the closer and closer stuff, and then then in, later on. When the Atari 5200 came out, that's when real sports baseball came out. And that's when you started getting the actual features of baseball. You had a stadium with a scoreboard. You had players with uniforms on. You had people calling strikes and balls and outs. So that's really like the first big jump. However, that happens in 1983 and the video game market promptly crashes and basically video games go dormant for a while. I don't know how knowledgeable you are about that but it because so many systems came out in the early 80s it eventually just kind of compounded it on itself and nothing really out was any good because there was so much junk in the market so people didn't trust it anymore well we'll talk about uh mlb the show 2023 and and that's one of the things um just as an aside that i think about it is you got to have a console so if i don't have a console of any kind if it's nintendo switch or if it's if it's any of these things, whatever PlayStation or or whatever the system might be, and so yeah, I don't have one of those systems. I don't have a kid that has one of those systems. At least so you're not going to play, <laughs> right? And, and so is it just because then you had like because like and that's the big thing. Like if you look at MLB the Show today, if you like, I, I'm pretty sure there was one day I remember I was I was over at your house. I happened to be here for a little bit, so I was playing on the TV, and. Um, uh, my mother walks in and she's just like, oh, who's playing? And I'm like, no, I'm playing a video. She thought the game was an actual game. It looks that good that at a quick glance, you might not notice that, oh, that's a, a video game. A and it actually kind of the big change was in 1985 when Hardball came out for the Sega Genesis. That was the first time we got the actual behind the picture camera angles for pictures. So now the video game looked like what it looked like in real life and that was a big change for the genre and when that finally came out and i, I think that's kind of like that's where the games that i remember growing up that's what they looked like so this was a that was a big deal they are that all the way back in 1985 so you go back obviously you know how i like to go back to 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 games in general and and, and i was never one of those kids stratomatic which you even heard of right because that yes. that's like grandfather of them all and and there are still people out there today i'm part of saber groups that they they are they have stratomatic get-togethers and they play these games or whatnot and apparently keith hernandez our very own is a big stratomatic fan as is doug glanville uh who does a podcast with jason stark uh, also went to princeton but he loves the stratomatic because it's 
all about stats and whatnot. That came out in 1961, um, and it was a, a complicated game um, that that the people that love it love it, right? And they, I, I never got into it. It just it seemed maybe I didn't play with somebody who didn't explain it to me in a way that I could I could really follow or enjoy. It just didn't seem to be about baseball. It seemed to be about statistics. Yeah, and Stratomatic is interesting because it's so number based that it's it's almost it, it doesn't it, I don't think it's really in the same ballpark as a lot of like the video uh, games. I see what you did there. <laughs> what? No, I see in the same ballpark. Oh <laughs> yes, of course. But yeah, it, it is interesting because like Stratomatic is so there, there's there's no gameplay element in a sense to Stratomatic. There is, but not in the same way. Where you know you're playing a simulation of the game itself, whereas in Stratomatic you're just kind of simulating the game. <laughs> right, right, and and so because it was so rudimentary, the computers and stuff like that. What what we had was not very much when it got to be computers. So the other place you'd go and play baseball take games was at the arcade. Right. So you go to the arcade and they have the huge machine and that has the little thing in the center where the pitcher's mound is sort of you know indicated. And it up pops a little sleeve and a little metal ball comes out and you've got this little bat that you sort of control with your little thing. You try to hit the ball. And and it was it was all we had. But I, I, I mean, I I mean it, it, in a sense, what is a batting cage? But a video game for baseball when you right. think about it. Right. And, and, you know, if you, if you hit it into a particular spot, you know, the crowd would cheer and your guy would run. Okay. Well, you know, it was, it was kind of fun, but it's come so far. And I think what I, what I want you to do is, okay, take us from where we were with all the different consoles breaking down and then you, the baseball mm-hmm. game market kind of crashed apart. And now MLB finally decides a few years ago, quite a few years ago now to get behind MLB. The show is the only game they endorse, which I think is really smart. Right, because that's their game, and that start. So actually, that started all the way back in 1988 when Namco released RBI Baseball. And the reason this was a big deal is that was the first baseball game that had licensing from the MLB Players Association, which meant you could play with real players. So you had all the names and stuff, and that was a big deal because that's what people wanted to do ultimately. And so then over the next couple of years, you started having um, baseball stars released in '89. That's when you started having the ability to create your own teams and players and you would have franchise mode which really became sort of like a staple of the genre where you would be able to make your own team i remember one year i I definitely there are games where i would make me and all my high school teammates and this is you know our, our team in the game and we're playing as that and that really became a big deal and so that's when you started seeing the big deal was uh the next big jump was uh RBI baseball in 93 because that was the first time that major league parks were really really represented well it wasn't as you know if you go back and look at it now it's not as impressive because it's you know 30 years later almost but when you think back on 93 and where that was that was a big deal when that came out now you could play in the stadiums obviously as as we heard coming in the big release in 1995 was Ken Griffey Jr's All-Star Baseball I've heard of, I've heard of that one but get remind remember these are remind remember this is these are all console games right you right. can't play it anywhere but in some sort of a on some sort of system and, and so part of the reason for that, part of the reason why baseball games never got particularly popular in the arcade is you could only play a very gamified version of baseball in the arcade. Arcade games are designed to 
get you on the machine and off the machine most of the time very, very quickly unless you're outrageously good at the game. The problem with baseball is if you were going to actually play out a full version of a baseball game, it would take too long. Even if you were able to shorten through all the different various ways that you can shorten it by playing a video game, you wouldn't be able to shorten it enough. So you could never really gamify it in the way. So console sort of became the preeminent domain for sports games, which is why you see a lot of football games and basketball games and soccer games as well, because those were much easier to replicate on a home console market in comparison to the arcade. And so, what were you going to say? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I mean, obviously then as you're getting to the turn of the century, you had all of these different versions of the games that were basically competing for the MLB licensing right. They were all competing to be the one that was like officially endorsed by the MLB. And now we can see in 2009 when Sony released MLB the show, that really became the genre with eventually major major league baseball endorsing it. And now you basically can do virtual fly-throughs in every single major league stadium when you hit a home run in in houston and mlb the show the train drives across the tracks the apple goes up in at city field it's pretty authentic they had all the licensing deals right 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 they have every little bit about it and, and i think that was a big deal and that's really where we are today where being the cover guy for mlb the show it's a big deal. You you get a lot of money. You are a talked about guy. Jazz Chisholm is going to be a big name player because his face is going to be on the on the video game box that every kid is picking up this year. That's a big deal for that player. I really like that player, by the way. I like that they're using him because he's he represents all that's right with Major League Baseball, just in the attitude and the way he plays. And in fact, I won't forget last year when Jacob deGrom came back. Um, so he's on the mound. Uh, I, I forget which start. It was his first or his second start. Um, mm-hmm. And he's pumping fastballs at 101 miles an hour. And Jazz Chisholm comes up and just is thinking dead red, dead red, dead red. And is early on 101 mile an hour and hits it way over the fence for a home run shot. Shocking everybody, probably including himself, uh, and and hit it off Jacob Degrom, and, and I thought, wow, this guy pulled the Jacob Degrom fastball because he, he took a chance and knew it was coming. I thought this guy's special. So, uh, and he's, I think he's Bahamian or Bermudian. Um, so he's, you know, he's definitely. He's gonna, you know, he will be an, playing for the UK in the World Baseball Classic this year. That, that, that that's I didn't know that actually. Yeah. Um, and, and he was hurt for a lot of last year, and, and I think his future is going to be possibly as as an outfielder um, you know, for the, uh, the, the the. I mean, he's he's a great player and an exciting player, and it's great for a franchise like the Marlins to be on the cover for that to just try and drum up some more interest. And I think really. The only, so what's really great about where baseball games have come to now is that. And it's one of the most difficult things that you have with MLB The Show is that for the longest time, what displeased fans is that you would be paying a $60 for the next version of the game each year with realistically the only major differences between any of the versions being just updated player roster and ratings you weren't really getting. Now, MLB The Show, the way they get around that is, is you pay to have access to the updated 
updated ratings and rosters as the season progresses. So now when Adley Rutschman comes up in midseason and starts playing amazing, when Julio Rodriguez shows that he is really that good from April onwards, now instead of playing with a low-rated guy throughout the entire year, Julio Rodriguez by the end of the year is rated as the great player that he is. So, so his performance will improve in the game? As the, yes, I his, they, they will that. raise wow. his attributes as the yeah, season yeah. goes on. I understand how that, like, and, and cool. they and they'll do it in reverse too, where if they've had a sustained yeah. series of bad play from a guy, they will start knocking his ratings down because he's not performing well. And so, as a fan, if you're trying to play along with the season, it feels re- you know really entertaining because it's uh, it's updating in real time with you, which was always kind of the frustrating part about the previous versions. You got to be online for that, but still. You're you're obviously you know really uh, into games in general, but whether it be console or online, oh, yeah. so tell, tell us why or tell me why. Um, I because I don't know why can't that can't be done as a web application for a baseball video game, and it has to be done on a console. Well, I mean, eventually you'll likely be able to get there with stre- uh, cloud streaming. You're going to be able mm-hmm. to host it. Mostly, the difficulty is is that you you can't have a browser-based game that's graphically intense enough and and complex enough to do something like baseball. It's just too difficult to do. Well, and it can't have everybody else playing their own game as opposed to everybody playing a collective game together. Exactly. So so I think what you'll eventually see is cloud-based computing will allow for that kind of thing, and you'll just be able to gop into a web browser through some service and play whatever baseball game that you want. I think that, that and you will could be put on you could put on like joysticks and stuff like that off of your yeah. Like you know, I know for me personally, I can just you know all all I need is a micro USB cable. I pop it into my computer and I can play with whatever controller I have. Or you can play with your mouse and keyboard. A lot of times, it takes a little bit to get a pr- proper setup going but even if it doesn't feel intuitive at first it'll get there after a bit i think for the uh, older folk like myself you know i'd be more willing to do that than to go out and buy a console at, at this point to play i, I, a baseball I, I video think game. accessibility is definitely one of the bigger issues for that and, and certainly you see one of the reasons why fantasy sports are so popular is because video games as good an abstraction as they are they don't quite get there and so there is something because you could play franchise mode in mlb the show you know why play fantasy baseball you could do your own fantasy draft in that and pick your own players and then you got to play with them throughout the course of the rest of the season but honestly i never enjoy doing that in the baseball game not in the same amount of enjoyment i get out of doing like a fantasy baseball draft and doing a league with people so i i definitely think there is an element where you because Baseball is a real thing. You know it's real and you can actually go and do it. So there's always that thing in the back of your head when you're playing a video game that you're just playing a video game. And I think that that, that's very interesting. That's something that really only sports games have to deal with in the realm of video games. Sort of a unique problem that only they suffer from. But as as a fantasy uh, player, and we've had a fantasy team that's done mostly poorly, um, uh, I think... um, it's hard for me in that idiom to root against my player if he's against my playing against, you know, if he's on another team. And so sometimes or, or to have like, OK, I want my pitcher to, you know, to pitch really well, but I want him to lose because I need all those hitters that, I'm, that I have on their team, to, you know, to, to hit yeah, the yeah. ball. 
you end up creating this like it's like okay, so I need him to pitch really well, then come out in like the seventh inning, and then his relievers can suck it up. Yeah, and everybody knows that that does fancy, and so that's that's not real baseball either. Because at the end of the day, I, I would hope, like most fans, you know, you just want your team that you root for to do well, and you'll you know, if you're if you're if your guys messed up because of that, I'll deal with it. I think there are some people that for whatever reason, if they don't have a particular allegiance to any one mm-hmm. team, some people aren't fans of any one team. They're baseball fans, but they're really not like a fan of a team. Fantasy could be a way that it's going to keep you interested because that, then fantasy means you're going to be invested in certain games you watch because you have a player involved instead of it being the only reason I'm paying attention to this game is because there's a player involved. Not They're not my team. You know what I mean? For us, the Mets would always supersede whatever fantasy baseball team, you know, we have. And I, I think right. the other issue with fantasy baseball is much like any fantasy sports team. Nobody on earth wants to hear you talk about your fantasy sports team. <laughs> That's not as much as they want to hear you talk about your golf game. <laughs> right. It's like, it's, it is truly like one of the least interesting topics anybody. It, it's like the only thing that I could think would that would be worse than hearing about my fantasy baseball team would be hearing about my fantasy road to the show player in, in MLB the show. Like you're like that's even less interesting because there's not even money on the line for that. I, I think that's the same thing with Galkins. The last thing I want to do is I go, so there I was on the fourth hole and I hit a four iron and it was a little bit short because the wind was a little in my face. So it's like, like I just kill me now. I don't want to hear about it. No, this. nobody <laughs> wants to hear that. And I think it's interesting that I think baseball games they suffer from you can only shorten them so much if you play MLB The Show. Playing a full nine-inning game takes a while. It's not quick, especially if you're fully playing it out. You know, Madden, you know, people think, like, how long, just, you know, to give you a question, how long do you think the average quarters are in Madden? Oh. Like, uh, what do you think I, they play I, on? Uh, the, the actual playing time? For, yeah, the actual playing, like, the, the, the time on the uh, clock. Two minutes? Five minutes. They don't even play okay, five minutes. They f- five minutes a quarter. So the game is only twenty minutes in yeah, length. Right, right. right the I get that. It, part of the reason why is that because when you have good players playing bad players, there's actually like mercy rulings and stuff. Because <laughs> like yeah. when somebody gets up forty to nothing in the sixth inning, do you really want to watch them play out the last? Because it's like the other thing is like unlike real sports a guy that's really good at hitting an mlb the show playing somebody that's not good at pitching an mlb the show is just gonna keep hitting like it's he doesn't like it's not like you could just kind of sometimes get them out he's just gonna keep hitting. you're never gonna get out of the inning then like you just keep suffering as he just keeps sending guys around the bases it's not it's not a fair fight it's not Um, it's not nearly as you know three out of ten times you're a superstar (laughs) So um, I don't know if you want to you know, tag on here. We talked a little before about maybe just touching on baseball cards. Um, you know, and and as and it's not a game per se. Although when we were kids, we did used to flip baseball cards. I mean, it's just it, I just always think baseball cards are interesting because baseball is a game that has collectible cards, but it is not a collectible card game. You know, it is entirely just about collecting cards. And I think it, it's so interesting. Well, you've got to explain yourself because I know you, you've got a context that you want to. So, so it, there's a lot of games out there that exist. Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh! 
stuff like that Hearthstone that people might have heard of. Those are collectible card games in which you collect the cards and then you use them to play a game. The Pokemon trading card game is another example. Baseball cards, you just collect them. It's a game. Baseball is a game. All of the cards are players in the game. But there is no game that you play with the cards. You don't arrange them in a position and play out some kind of game with them. They're just collectible. That, that, well, that's collectible, and, and and obviously, as you know, you know, there's collectible for value. Right? There's all these collectors that are looking for hidden gems. Things are worth more money. Uh, it was always the Honus Wagner T206. I even remember the stupid. You know, I think the I think that's what it is. That you know went sold for millions of dollars, or a Mickey Mantle rookie card. Um, uh, and people so- will look at rookies in the major leagues. That maybe the Francisco Alvarez rookie card will be the card you want to have. You know, down the road because it's worth something and i think baseball cards part of the reason why is baseball is such a statistics game that having a card that had all of the player statistics on that was nice you know you wanted to talk about how good right. it was let me pull out my card you could look how good that guy is you know you didn't have oh, and i know, always i know the cars when, when i was a kid they'd have a little area in the car that would like give a little personal anecdote about the player oh, those are the best those baseball. are the best parts you know in his spare time jeff is a chef and likes to cook mexican food or something like, like that you know? something <laughs> completely inane that has like I, you don't even know half the time if it's real like because like for all you know it's just something some person at the like the trading card company had to make up for this person because like who's gonna actually look at this and like bring but, that up to them the proverbial mom throwing out your baseball cards. You know, I had shoe boxes full of baseball cards from different seasons because you would only use them in the season they were in. That I do remember. If you were, you know, so what we used to do is I, I, I mentioned so we flipped baseball cards, but I don't think we understood that other people flip baseball cards by actually throwing the cards and whoever got it closer to the wall or the target kept it, won the pot. We never did that. We actually flipped them and would play against the other person by turning over cards. And then if it, the teams had different colors, but they were similar, you know, there were, there were some, you know, the, maybe the Mariners were yellow and the Orioles were yellow or, or whatever mm-hmm. it was. The Mariners weren't even around. Um, and, and you, and so whoever throws down a card and if you threw down a card of the same color, you would win the pile and everything underneath it. And so that's how you'd go home with a ton of cards but these cards were not in pristine condition because people were handling them all the time right so exactly they wouldn't be worth anything right exactly and the thing is, is baseball cards had a natural rarity system because of rookie cards there was only so many rookie cards that could be printed for any one player and so and because obviously you had kids handling on them there were very few mint condition rare uh, rookie cards for famous players so you had things that became rare but that which is why there was a market that developed for them but i think it's just interesting because as somebody that personally i love collectible card games i play them all the time i collect cards baseball cards never did anything for me growing no there was nothing to do with them other than to eat right them for fun to get more of them, which uh, I don't understand. That now that I think about, it, I'm not sure why we would do that. And and baseball cards are, are kind of like they're not there to hoard or save or whatnot. That's like wine, right? Wine is there to drink. It's not to put away and and hope that you know. But it's just, that's the way right. that I, the way I look at wine. And, and and so you know what, what's interesting is you see this in Magic the Gathering. So you know to allow a tangent for a moment, there are people that collect Magic the Gathering cards that do not play the game. They have no idea how the rules work. They know nothing of about it all they do is buy the cards to resell the cards because i mean i think some of like the most expensive set of cards the power nine yes it, that is what they are really called i think they sold for 
a couple hundred thousand dollars last time they were all sold collectively together. That's how insanely expensive magic cards can get. And mm-hmm. so there are people that have no idea anything. And then there are people like me who have no idea what any of the cards are worth. I just like playing the game. So yeah, I'm yeah. like their I'm their worst nightmare because I've probably ruined very expensive cards by handling them and playing them instead of pulling them out of a pack and immediately putting them in a protector never to be touched again. Yeah, yeah. And that's how they have to be, right? They have to be in pristine condition to have any kind of intrinsic value as a collector's. Item. And that's and that's I mean, what's even crazier is so what people will do with the baseball cards is so first it just needs to be in mint condition. So that means there's no defects or anything. And then they start evaluating the printing of it. So your yours might get knocked down in price through no fault of your own, but just because the company that printed didn't do a good job on the print, it's a little crooked or whatever, or it's not quite perfectly aligned on the card, so there's a little bit of white on one border. When um, years ago I went to a, a printing plant when I was in the printing business, um, and and they at this particular plant they printed the Topps baseball cards. Oh wow, um, that's they, a big. They printed big it in tops. sheets, right? Obviously, they were in big sheets, and and so they were very very protective of the waste or anything like that. If you could get a hold of one of those printed sheets that oh hadn't been cut into cards, and I kept kept looking over there while you know it's like, is anybody paying attention? You know, I could just grab a couple out of the trash, and, and it's a but uh, I couldn't get that. But I thought you know that that tops having that that concession to do the tops cards for years was a really big deal. That's so, a big uh, get, yeah. And I, I so, think it's- um, I think it's going to be interesting that you're going to see eventually you're going to see some VR stuff come up like you have Top Golf. I'm sure somebody's going to invent a top baseball at some point. I think the only difference difficulty is is that it's just really hard. <laughs> it's hard to hit a baseball. Can you imagine <laughs> trying to do it like Top Golf? People drinking, trying to hit a baseball. No, I don't think so. <laughs> It'd be funny. But uh, you don't have? Do you have a console game or anything yeah. that could play a baseball game? Yeah. Okay, I do. Well, I, have, I have last year's MLB The Show. Well, we'll have to. I, I want you to. We'll have to play. You'll have to bring it. You know, over sometime. Yeah. Next time, we'll. Yeah, I'll have to show it off to you, and you can. Yeah, you can actually sure get a will. sense of what it's like. I'm actually going to play for the first time in yeah, in a really long time. I didn't want to say how long it is because yeah. that's kind of scary. So, um, there's first okay. time for everything. Yes. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, and you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Google.